Welcome back to the podcast, everyone, Miranda's fans. Yes, guys, we are back, the Miranda's. We had a little bit of a one-week hiatus over the holiday, plus I was one of the unfortunate people who got COVID <laughs> right, right on Christmas, so we didn't record last week, and um, you can probably hear that I'm still sick now, but according to the CDC, I can go back to work, which is just, have you been seeing the memes from the CDC? Like those, the no, ones that are making no. them. they're like, not the CDC, like they're not making them, but so yeah. there's all these memes going around about the CDC's new recommendations. And so it's like the CDC says, just wear a cute top and jeans. <laughs> just like there's some like really, really funny ones um, about like, it's so ridiculous that it's only five days now, but um. So, yes. So, guys, welcome back to Miranda's. Today, we are going to be doing a recap and review of both season, I mean, both of episode four and five of And Just Like That. And I know some of you um, have asked us to do individual episodes, um, recaps. Um, Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) I watched episode four and Sarah and I were getting ready to record last week, like a full week ago. And Sarah said she had COVID. And I was like, thank God for this pandemic. Because <laughs> I was not in the mood to have to I know. recap episode four. Episode five, however, I am very excited to recap. So we are, yes. as Sarah said, going to combine them. Um, and <laughs> I got a lot I have a lot of feelings. Happy New Year, everyone, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year, January 2022. Kind of crazy. I actually was looking through my phone and some pictures came up and there was a photo of last year um, when Heather was on the podcast (laughs) and we were home in Michigan, which is kind of nice. It's kind of crazy. We've been doing this for a while. So the farting episode, I can't believe it's been a year. (laughs) Since the fart, since the fart. Yeah, that is a great episode. Um, Season one, guys. I we highly recommend the farting episode. I can't remember what it's called. The one where Carrie farts in front of Big, but that, that was a fun one to do. Oh how oh how things have changed for old Carrie with her hip replacement. She, she wishes she was <laughs> could fart now. Now she's just peeing in a snapple <laughs> bottle. Um, just an interesting episode. What should we do? Do you want to start with episode four and just kind of recap and yeah, let's let's. Do I a have quick a couple re- thoughts on it. Yeah, me too. Let's do a quick. <laughs> Lord knows, I got a lot of thoughts about Miranda's hookup in episode five. Oh, um, I mean, don't we all? Okay, so in episode four, we see that Carrie is selling the apartment. So we have this new char- this new character, the real estate agent Seema. Um, and her. Am I supposed Car- to know who this is? Like, is she a famous actress? You know what? I think I don't Is she know. another like person from the Grey's Anatomy circuit that we should know about? Like <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, like there's a huge crossover between the Grey's Anatomy stars and this. So I don't know, but she does look familiar. I need to look her up. She's very pretty. Um She is. So yeah, so Carrie is selling the apartment. Uh Charlotte has this kind of interesting dinner party with the mom friend that she's obsessed with. And there were some interesting conversations about race that were happening and, and beautiful pieces of art that I 
can't really expand upon, but it, it seemed interesting. Yeah. And then Miranda, I, I, who, I, I'm sorry, this series is making me so confused by Miranda, but she ends up going to, out to dinner with this her law professor, which do law professors do that with students, even if well, they're I, of age? I don't know. I, I, well, I don't know about law, but I feel like professors do. Like, I don't know. They're both older, too, so... Um, but it still seemed a little bit like, I don't know. Right. This whole thing about boundaries is just in that episode boundaries came up. And I remember Seema mentioned like about something means boundaries. Like I have none or something. And so I thought that this whole episode kind of talked about different boundaries and, and Carrie made that little comment about Seema, like good for you being out there. And then Seema broke the frame in unintentionally. And I was like, Seema, you're wildly unprofessional. You're about to make bank from this sale of the apartment. And you act so cavalier about the frame breaking about her, of her dead husband. Do you remember oh that Oh my part? God. I know. Yeah. And it was the frame that we, I think, do we see it in, maybe we see it in the first movie or when do we first see that framed photo of we Carrie We see Bay? the picture when Carrie, when the picture is like hidden, I think, in a drawer of Biggs, and then Carrie lifts it up. And remember, we're like, oh, Big cares because of the photo. Oh, so right. the photo season meant Season three, lot. right? Was it season two, season three? I think it's season two because when they get back together a second time. Yeah. And I yeah. remember when we did the podcast episode of it, we were like, Girl, he has that fucking frame in a sock drawer. Like, don't get too excited. He's yeah, really like, hiding that shit from other women. <laughs> like, yeah. And, but I did think as a real estate agent, you know, I don't know. There were some different boundaries that were being crossed. Um, anyway, the big thing in this episode four that I had such an issue with was the Stanford write-off. <gasps> I'm so glad you said it. So, okay, so here's the what? thing. I, as someone who's been kind of keeping the spoilers at bay, um, Sarah, you actually mentioned to me like a week or two ago that they were still filming the series, like in New York City, like into the fall. I thought they wrapped it up at the end of the summer. Feel like I misspoke or I was wild, like just so incorrect. I thought that they still were based on what I saw on Instagram. But no, I think maybe, you're right, though. Yeah, interesting. I, I think you're right because they had to, I mean, clearly because they had to write him off. So yeah. it wasn't like the series, he was still in more episodes. He all of a sudden is what, like in Tokyo and he's representing, he's like the agent of some like young TikTok teenager and he writes some cryptic note to both um, what's his name? Anthony and maybe even Char- like Carrie and and it asks just for felt- divorce and like says like he can't say it in her face. Just like come on, like the guy passed away. I don't know. I know. Like is th- that? I mean, what? Well, how could you really write? I mean, him they off the show. They had to scramble. Um, I mean, it, clearly they had to scramble. I'm really like Willie Garson, like died what like in november like or maybe october but i think it was november right yeah yeah and and so that means that they were still i i just always thought that like when it came to shows and movies that they needed more lead time before things were released but maybe like uh, i don't know (laughs) this is like shoot edit 
show. <laughs> like they're like, fuck it. Like they're, they're, this will not go on the cutting room floor. Like whatever we shoot, we shoot <laughs> like no, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I get, I guess that he died at the end of September. Um, yeah. Okay. So really strange that they wrote him off as this, essentially this person who like sends a dear John letter to Anthony. Right. And it's, <laughs> that's like, oh, sorry, like, let's get divorced. And like, it's Tokyo written now. by hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it's, I, Gilly, it's the best they could do. Is it though? Is it? It's, is the, it, best it's the best they, they could, could do. do. It's not the best we could do is what <laughs> is all I have do to say. I saw? I saw this online <laughs> the other day and it was these two influencers online <laughs> and they had they were recording that they were watching the show and the comment they posted was like I am so sick of all the hate this show is 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 getting you oh know what God. people try their best <laughs> like you know what oh my God. these people get paid millions of dollars they, like <laughs> I, I'm sorry but pe- 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 these shows should be ripe for criticism like if we can't criticize these sh- like if this is not a participation <laughs> contest you don't just get like a trophy for trying the show sucks and we're gonna tell you that we are loyal fans who started a fucking podcast about the show so yes if we think the show is bad we're gonna say it but these influencers were like you know people are giving it way too much hate these people the writers are trying internet <laughs> bullying listen to Melania, okay, like cyberbullying. <laughs> yeah, Gilly, I think we might be we're bullies. <laughs> we are bullies. We are. I don't care. Like, I I don't want to be one of those people that gets like a care package, like you said, from the and just like that team, and then is like, yeah, it's like really not that bad. Like <laughs> everyone knows, <laughs> as they're like this, sipping Tito's, it's not yeah. that bad. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows this miniseries, whatever, is up in flames. It's so I know so, so bad. Dakota watched part of the episode with me today and he he was really because he's watched all of it. His cousin, he used to live with his cousin Anthony and Anthony loved the show and he'd watch it with his twin sister too. And so he's seen so much of it and he didn't yeah. even recognize the show. It is not Sex in the City. <laughs> this is, they are it's right not. to call it in just like that because it, this is not the series anymore. Even the music in the background, so like the yeah. incidental music is like different it's there's like no jazz and even even we need to like come up with a word um for when like a man stands and hovers and stares at the tv um because <laughs> <laughs> like my dad will do it when i'm watching the office and he'll be like laughing but he won't sit down and watch it yeah. and dave was dave was doing that with this show and i was like you're hovering and he's like i'm allowed to be in here and i'm like <laughs> Just watch it or not. Like, <laughs> No, Dakota was doing the same thing. He was behind the sofa watching it and then making little commentary about it. And then I ended up getting kind of defensive, too. I was like, How? well, you know what? It is not that. Me too. I was like, Wait, Me too. Why am I defending I was, the show? <laughs> I don't want to hear you say anything about Sarah Jessica Parker's looks, okay? <laughs> Dakota said the same thing. God, Did Dave say something? Oh, he said things in the past that so he's like, I don't get it. Like, why do, do no Dakota said, I'm sorry, but she has not aged well. And then I was like, you know what she has? She's a saint. 
no. No, okay. but I mean, okay, that aside, I think that, um, yeah, the way they wrote off Stanford was, like, they didn't, it's as if they were, like, mid-filming <laughs> when they yeah. found out. I mean, they were mid-filming, but, like, uh, it's as if he was supposed to, like, come out from stage left in that moment, and then he didn't, and then they just came up with something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just gone now. He's got sayonara. <laughs> he's just, he just wrote a handwritten letter from Tokyo <laughs> and put it in the fucking mail. <laughs> On weird stationery, like, like like she's clearly on email now. Like she's she's like doing if that. you want if you <laughs> yeah, and if you want a divorce from your husband, like you probably want that shit to happen fast. You like can you just shoot an email, <laughs> just ping ping him on Microsoft Teams? Like <laughs> seriously, Gilly, it was it's yeah. I it um, made me feel like he was kidnapped. By like Taliban or something, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is he's just he like put in front of a TV and like reading off of a fucking <laughs> poster. Oh my god, that's exactly it! Like they made him like a, a hostage. I'm in Tokyo. Tokyo. I'm in Tokyo. I want a divorce. He's like <laughs> shoving the gun to his head. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Oh, Gilly. And then do you know, we have, we have, oh, wait, I just had this random thought and I'm, I'm yes, thinking, tell me wait, when we <laughs> reviewed all the prior episodes, seasons one, two, and three, there's always been like a punny theme in each episode and we're able to tie everything together with this new series. They really don't do that. The character stories are very disconnected. I was going to say, what is the title of this episode? Because I actually can't. I don't yeah. remember the one for episode four, but I know for episode five, it's tragically hip. Interesting. Um, this one is called Some of My Best Friends. Okay, Some of My Best Friends. I don't get it. Um, May, it might but, be like a song lyric or something. Yeah, maybe it up. is. I, I don't know. But yeah, tragically hip was the one for episode five. And I was thinking about this because I remember usually when I watch the show, I'll take down notes and then I'll figure out the theme and then try and connect all the little pieces. And in this, I mean, maybe this episode, I'm going to episode five now, is looking at identity. I, mm-hmm. I can't figure it out. And usually the theme revolves around something in Carrie's life or maybe not. Maybe Carrie just does her little writing about it and her stupid I think, little. I miss Carrie's bad puns. I miss her yeah, like. Yeah, me too. And then I wondered. <laughs> Carrie, we miss her writing. Miss yeah. her bad writing. <laughs> I, think, I think this was like a bridge episode, which I think, you know, like every series has like like a bridge episode, right? Because it, I think the idea is that it keeps you, like it just has to do with like yeah. the rhythm of the series building up to a moment. One, the thing that's, like, so weird to me is that there's not, like, I don't know where this series is going. Where is it going? Yeah. Where is it going? I can watch any series and know where it's going. Like, I might not know what happens, but I know, like, if we look at past seasons of Sex and the City, I know that, you know, season two, for example, like, Carrie and Big's relationship it's going to have to reach a point where they talk about what they are. And so you're waiting for X amount of episodes until that conversation happens. And that's in the back of your mind. 
I don't have anything in the back of my mind aside from, I guess, Miranda coming out. And that honestly seems like the honestly, Miranda's plot is the only thing that seems to be anchoring the whole reason the series is even happening. And I'm not even really that invested, to be honest, because there's so many spoilers out there and we kind of know what's going to happen. And we know that she's probably like going to come out as queer, but I don't really see there's no like, plot. What the fucking point of this is? Like, is it that Charlotte and the that woman she's friends with will become better friends? Um, I, I guess she has, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like their friendship. Will the friendship, will they have conflict in the friendship? It's very, like, is kind of boring. Is Charlotte going to become, like, a Black Panther? Like, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> And then Carrie, I didn't, I like, is all of a sudden gonna, like a hip replacement. Like, <laughs> like, I'm really confused. Carrie's the protagonist. Like, I literally don't know what's in, like, in store for a character. Like, like, I hope you sell your apartment. Like, good luck. Like, <laughs> like don't fuck right. your physical therapist. I don't know. Like, like what? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I think okay. Carrie's plot is now being driven by this real estate agent friend. And it's like, is she the new Samantha? And I don't know if this is what the show is trying to do, but I have so many red flags with this Seema character. Like, there, this this is my, like, spidey senses, empath senses as a, it's a TikTok trend right now, which is, like, when an empath senses, like, a friend that everyone likes, but they sense something's off with them. Like... <gasps> I don't know if you've seen those. Like, I sense something feels really off about this character. And I don't think it's actually going to be written in the plot. Like, she seems like too much of a fast friend for Carrie. Oh. She con artist? Do you know who she is? (laughs) Remember that annoying Italian woman who, like, bought Carrie all this stuff? Yes. Yes. She's kind of like that. Yeah. I feel like... Someone shouldn't be, like, that fast friends with somebody, especially, like, right after a pandemic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't trust this lady selling my apartment when it looks so beautiful and she's telling me to change it. I, I mean, I don't work in real estate. I'd love to know the truth behind it. I know that in real estate, you do need to tweak things to make it, like, more saleable. But, like, it looked amazing, the apartment. Like that yeah. apartment, like Just, yeah. makes me want to live there. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm in such a low bracket for real estate. I don't know <laughs> the like characteristics of real estate agents because I'm used to just dealing with people from like Street Easy who like I have Priceless. to give like fifteen hundred dollars to to like do nothing. But like maybe real estate agents after a certain price point become friends. Like I don't know. But like she is just like offering carry rides everywhere. In episode five, she's, you know, just like with her all the time, offering her rides and connections to so, like orthopedic people. So I have a I have a note on that. I have a note on that. Okay, we're skipping to episode five. Let's just go. But my, on, this my note is, so Carrie at some point, which I must have missed in episode four because I was bored out, bored out of my mind, needs like her hip gets fucked up where she pulls out her lower back. I don't know. Maybe she pulled out her lower... Hip is messed up. She has a congenital, like, birth defect. Something that, like... But did she pull out her lower back in the previous episode? Like, I don't even remember any talk about her back hurting in episode four. Yes. In the episode when the big funeral, remember Miranda rubs her back? She's like, my back sometimes hurts and Big has to rub it. 
Oh, Jesus. Okay. So my note is, uh, I'm sorry, but why is your real estate agent in the doctor's office with you? Like, that seems like some sort of HIPAA, like, medical record (laughs) violation. (laughs) And also, get Miranda in there with you. Why do you, or just go alone. Why do you have this, like, new weird friend? Gilly, like, that's what I'm saying. I, I just think we're not rich enough. And I just think that people like maybe like real estate agents do this. Like, are we just do, do I have I just gotten like oh, the I'm worst sorry. treatment? <laughs> doesn't doesn't Seema have shit to do? Maybe if she wasn't spending all freaking day with Carrie in the doctor's office, she could get some new clients. So she isn't strong arming her into a commission. Or she could be dating somebody. It seems like she has some issues with dating and she just is spending too much time on Carrie. G- Gilly, I don't know. I wrote this down and I said, Seema is very unprofessional. <laughs> just very unprofessional. And you know what? And that leads me to this, Gilly. Che. Che is unprofessional. Okay. Okay. We need to. Okay. Hold up. Let's back up a little bit. Okay. I want to, first of all, I kind of want to just like finish episode four real quick if we can. Okay, let's do it. Which is Charlotte and Harry going to, what is their friend's name? I don't even know. LMW? Something W. LTW or something. LTW. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa something something. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny because like, I guess like um, she wants to have them over for dinner or Charlotte's having them over for dinner and then they realize that they have no black friends. And so- Charlotte and Harry start scrambling, which I, I actually loved it because it was I was great. like, I love it that they care about this in their 50s. Like, they never gave a fuck before. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so then right when Charlotte, like, scrambles to, like, find some person who of color to, like, come to her dinner party, that's when LTW has to cancel and has yep. to move to a later date. And so... You know, Charlotte has to move Harry's colonoscopy and all of this stuff. She's really just trying to make this. I don't know. She's really trying to get in with the moms, I guess. Screw his rectal integrity. He does. She does not care. (laughs) And so then they go over to um, LTW's house apartment. And when they get there, they're the only white people there, which was funny. Um, and what was really cool was, I mean, I actually liked this part of the episode was they show them entering the apartment and I was like seeing all this amazing artwork that she collects. And I was like, oh my God. And, um, then Charlotte, cause she's, you know, the art historian and gallerist. Um, there's like a whole little section of, um, LTW's mother-in-law being like, oh my God, the artwork in this apartment costs more than, you know, our first home and then Charlotte is saying well actually it's an investment and um she's pointing out there's Carrie Mae Weems there's Micheline Thomas there's Barkley L. Hendricks like all these different artists uh black artists actually in the apartment contemporary artwork and worth a lot of money um it was kind of like a weird little thing that happened and it was but it was kind of cool to see Charlotte back in that Kind of I know. art mode because she has been such a flat character otherwise. Yeah, you know what? First off, I'm actually liking Charlotte this series. I know, um, weirdly. I've actually liked 
I, after I talked to, we talked to, we had Katie on, I kind of reflected on the character of Charlotte and Charlotte is a sweetheart. Okay. She's a yeah, sweet, I am. as Katie would say, a sweet, classy gal. Yeah. And I, and Charlotte is super positive. She's really nice to her friends. And the fact that she was at this party and like confident and talking about the art and just, I don't know, I, I'm liking Charlotte this, when she was flat. So I like that the writers gave her this moment of being the in like being like an intellectual and someone who knows about art. I was really impressed by her knowledge. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to have a conversation about art. Um, and the art itself was really quite beautiful. And I think the show did a good job of including art in, um, in this. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And, um, also I did, um, like in episode four, just to wrap it up, um, before we go on to episode five, um, I wanted to point out some fashion. Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. And right. I, I loved Carrie's Buffalo check plaid. That was outfit. right on my list with those beautiful lilac glasses. Yeah, love it. Hell yeah. And I, and I also loved towards the end, um, Carrie's like jewel toned outfit she had like she's wearing like cobalt turquoise and magenta mm-hmm. and yep 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 this the tur- the turquoise skirt had pockets in it and i was like i love that there are pockets in it like i want that skirt God, so um yeah but for episode four i think that was kind of really it aside from that weird moment where the peloton came back like some sort of horror movie and seema <laughs> seema like, okay so wouldn't Seema have known that Big died on the Peloton? Like, there must have been some news. She must know something. If, like, she's that invested in Carrie's life, she must understand, like, the But, the like, not that invested. <laughs> yeah, but not that invested into it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was odd. But, um. So well, the episode. Yeah. yeah. So episode four ends with Carrie Eating sushi up. and, Yeah. And she's walking up to her old brownstone apartment on the one that's on Perry Street in New York City. Um, but it's actually supposed to, like in the show, it's on the Upper East Side. And so um, that leads us to episode five when we see Carrie like still walking through the brownstone. And I just, Sarah, this is where I like need you right now. But like- I know. <laughs> I did not watch the last movie. I'm sorry. Did Carrie buy the fucking building? (laughs) No. (laughs) She didn't buy the building. That's how they made it seem like. The the entryway? Yes. When Seema came into the brownstone with her, Seema was talking about, oh, like, you can, you know, like, this place is hot. Like, you could, this thing could do really well. Like, you could sell this really well. You so know I think what? Carrie bought the building. Because the entryway did look very her own way. Because if you if you're if you have like a multi-unit, you know, brownstone, like the entryway is shared and it's usually shit. There's not like a beautiful, like I, I don't know. Do, do you know what I mean? Like when you've been in those brownstones in the upper oh, side. Oh, 100 percent So maybe I don't know. I know I remember in the first movie, she redid the apartment and they did that like interior overhaul of the place. Remember? But I don't remember anything about them buying the entire building. Well, they kind of made it seem like that because, 
you know, SEMA seemed to be like, oh, like this one could do really, really well. Do you know how many XYZs like blah, 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 blah. All right. I'm going to look into this. And Carrie was all like, this one's not for sale. The (laughs) other one is. And I literally was like gasping and I had to like pause the TV and I was like, wait, does this woman, does Carrie own two, not just two apartments, but like an apartment, a lavish apartment and a whole brownstone? Which is, I don't think Big had that much money to do that. Maybe he did. I think I think he did. Didn't he just for shits and giggles like start a winery in Sonoma and like <laughs> just season failed. five? Yeah. Left a million to Natasha. I guess so. Maybe he left big was, a million dollars. I guess he was rolling yeah. in it. And maybe they, he did end up buying that sweet little brownstone for Carrie to like do her writing in. I don't know. Well, okay. And so here's Gilly, the thing. I think we should be saying Caroline. Oh, right. Caroline. Actually, one of our listeners, shout out to Olivia, she uh, messaged us saying, is Carrie's real name Caroline? Is yeah. that, was that just like a cute mistake that the guy at the bodega was making? Or no, is her name her, Caroline? her real name is Caroline. Weird. I know. Weird. That was a strange thing that they put in. Okay, oh, so I want gosh. I want to get back to this Okay, I want to get back to this. Let's just... Okay, so let's just say Carrie does own this brownstone because that's what they made it seem like. There's something that feels, like, really <laughs> unfair about Carrie owning not just that apart- her apartment with Big, but, like, this brownstone. Like, we've watched her be so irresponsible with money <laughs> for several yeah. seasons. And she could only afford to, like, pay rent and buy, like, Jimmy Choo shoes. And, like, she just was pretty reckless. Like, just, like, didn't know how to take the bus. And then she had met Aiden. And he liked her so much that he bought the apartment next door. And then she had to have her friends help her clean up her mess when she cheated on Aiden, this lovely man, by offering to help her buy her apartment. And she even was mean to Charlotte for not offering her money to help buy an apartment. And Carrie doesn't even know how to take the goddamn MTA bus. Yeah. And now she owns the damn building? Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, like... This and just like that is trying to be so like politically correct, but like, is this the moral of the fucking story? Is that you can be obscenely selfish, reckless with your romantic relationships, entitle yourself to your own friends' finances, chase the fuck boy, and now you are a real estate financier? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I am so angry right now. I can't even throw away a a rotten apple without feeling guilty about, like, the money I spent on it. And this 
bitch you're trying to fleece her own friends of money you're so right and like now she owns the building i don't get it you know you're absolutely so right the fact is yeah they this show is trying to be the morality police when it comes <laughs> to things about race and gender and yet with money they won't go there <laughs> they will not go there and they're still living in this like absolute fantasy land but no you're you're absolutely right that carrie has learned nothing and the fact is she married into money she married into money. But, uh, uh, yeah, but they also won't even, like, again, like, they're trying to do this whole morality thing. That, like, even in episode four, Carrie is smoking. Do you yeah. remember when she, like, lights up a cigarette in episode yeah, four? Yeah, in the car, yeah. And I, out of all the things they're trying to correct and make right, it I am shocked that they would have Carrie at her, like, older age still, like, lighting up a cigarette. Yeah. Like, as if it was chic still. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was, like, that was strange. Like, <laughs> yeah. Gilly, you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about any of that. And I need to rewatch it to look at the owning the building or not. You're absolutely right. Okay. Um. So that starts us off for episode five. And so then this leads us into Carrie's plot line, which is that she has this hip issue. So she's going to get hip surgery. And because of this hip surgery, she's going to need her friends to be on call and really help her out. And Question, does she, yes. though? Does I, she? The thing is, if you have fucking, <laughs> if you have an amazing apartment and own a brownstone, you can afford a fucking nurse or aide to come help you. A part-time aide, yeah. Or just call your real estate agent, clearly. She's there all the time. And I guess I'm, I'm just like this personality where I just hate asking for help. And it is insane to me that she just expected her friends to be at her beck and call. I know. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely the same way, too. And, yeah, I actually wrote down Carrie is just the worst. She's just the worst. <laughs> and I thought that Charlotte is a really nice caretaker. And I liked Charlotte in this episode. And just to kind of – I know we're bouncing around a little bit. But there's a couple plots that are flying around this episode. And we have – Carrie, who, you know, has this whole hip issue, needs to be taken care of by her friends. And then Charlotte also has this thing going on with Rose, who is now being referred to as Rock. And she's kind of taken aback when all of the her the the her mom friends from the school refer to like didn't rock do such a good job and Charlotte didn't even realize Rose is going as rock. So Charlotte and Harry had this conversation with the school. And I actually think. I like how they made Charlotte and Harry kind of hesitant to just be like, yeah, we'll call, we'll call her rock. We'll call her they, because I think that's mm-hmm. a real thing that parents go through, which oh is, my this, gosh. which yeah. is this apprehension and defensiveness and on not an unwillingness, but an, an apprehension to just be like, well, my kid's going to be, you know, gender fluid right now. Be- and so I thought they actually, I haven't obviously gone through the situation before, but I think it, and if parents who have, maybe it's realistic, maybe it's not. Um, clearly, they're in a very progressive New York City private school where they're like, we take the cue from the child. <laughs> it's like, I know. Oh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm super into the name Rock. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Kind of cool. Like, <laughs> I like the idea of like, it was first, it was like Rose in an inanimate object, and then it went to rock, and I was like, "Cool, sick, I like that." Yeah. Um, but I also feel like, actually, yeah, I think I think that this is actually a strong point in the show 
And it might be almost like unintentional. There's that one point where Charlotte is saying, you know, she wants to refer to her name as Rock. Is this just right now or is this her life? You know, and I think, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a parent with, you know, a, a kid coming out as trans or even coming out as trans as a person. But I think that those are probably natural questions to ask, especially with since Rock or Rose is 12 years old, which is, you know, is this just right now or is this her life? And um, I think Carrie actually had a kind of like a decent response, which is like kind of just have to like wait out, wait it out and see. And um, I think that letting I don't know, personally, I think that letting the child have like room to figure themselves out is important um yeah. and i think just ac- across like all kids like um letting kids kind of figure out who they are and what their interests are is really important because um i think that you know i don't know just bigger picture i think that we live in a world that's like there's so much success just kind of shown and thrown at us, especially with like Instagram and social media and people who are verified or unverified. And um, I think that it's really important for, to let kids' interests and identity develop. Um, yeah. And so, um, and I, yeah. yeah. And I think part of that process isn't just like parents being like, well, of course we accept it. I think part of it is it's okay to be confused. It's okay to feel apprehension. It's okay to have your response. Like, I I like that they showed it not as like, well, our child's rock now. I like that they showed the process because that there probably is some grieving that parents do in this. And it's not just like, well, we love them and this is perfect and great. And this is exactly what we wanted. I think showing realistic portrayals of, um, parenthood are important and i actually just watched a movie this is britain talking about like parenthood and children did you watch the lost daughter on netflix this is kind of like an no anyway interesting portrayal of parenthood um anyway so okay we have that plot point of charlotte and rock and harry harry also is not looking well i i want harry to be plumper i was gonna say he looks a little gaunt a little slouchy, a little gaunt. He's a little like Uncle Festery. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I did like what he said though. Hearing people who aren't you talk about your kid to you is the most humbling experience as a father. Yeah, and I thought that was such a like a strong statement, such a strong line, and I'd imagine it's difficult as a parent, regardless of what your kid is going through. Um, to have to hear, you know, from like their teachers, let's say, or someone else, or even yeah. the kid's friend, or or even from the kid, like, like who they are, and yeah, um, that, that's a really good point. And oh. and how it kind of, I guess, kind of demarcates, it kind of demarcates, you know, the child is growing up. And Mm -hmm. um, I felt that um, in the show, as opposed to like, I don't think I really felt had any other sentimental kind of connections with the show otherwise. No. Yeah. And then it leads us to probably the most interesting (laughs) plot point 
it leads us to the most interesting plot point of the, I would say the series so far, which was <laughs> the kitchen scene between Miranda and Che. And Miranda and Che, the scene was honestly, first off, the show does the old the sex scenes that were in Sex and City, that was only for Samantha, really. Like Charlotte was never really shown ha- like receiving yeah. pleasure, really. And Carrie was she like, was. That, she was. She was, but it was almost always for like kind of fun. Or it would, there was always some other device. It wasn't just like yes, desire. Yes, true. We really only saw Samantha initiate desire and like be pleased or give pleasure. I felt like Samantha was the token character where like. But sexual. we saw Miranda with her nipples out. Like. That is, okay, that is true. That is Flushed true. in the face. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is true. I thought this was a very, this was a pretty like, um, Sexual for the show, a sexually explicit scene. The- <laughs> explicit as much as I can say explicit, because it's not explicit. Ex- um, I agree. <laughs> I think that the sex scene with Che and Miranda was a like the, the, what I wrote down was Miranda had a violent orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gilly, did I had like my one hand over my eyes watching it too. I was kind of like I was like, I, this is interesting, but it's making me feel very uncomfortable. And then I felt bad for being uncomfortable because I was like, well, is it because of Che or is it because of the cheating? Is it because of the the sounds like a cat? Like I don't know. Is it everything? Is it my own internalized homophobia? Like I don't. <laughs> like no. I don't know. But all I know is that I will never like imitate an orgasm, but I will imitate this orgasm and this orgasm. <laughs> And this <laughs> orgasm <laughs> was uh, uh, like that's yeah, how no, it sounded. It, it, it sounded and po- honestly, poor Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this just karma for all the times that Carrie was just a selfish friend that she has to hear that and like be in it was on herself? It was a, it sounded like she was being amputated at Pearl Harbor. Like, it it was a deep bellow. (laughs) No, it was. Yeah. And that's what made it more explicit because you. (laughs) And and fast. (laughs) Fast. Because usually in past episodes, it's always like, "Eh, eh, eh," you know, across all characters, like not just in Sex in the City, but in a lot of media throughout that time up until like now where it's just like you know the female orgasm is this super like climactic high soprano it has soprano notes to it (laughs) (laughs) a little bit more of a shrill yeah shrillish very feminine and this was like guttural a deep (laughs) guttural (laughs) chant yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh my god okay so gilly i have a lot of feelings i have a lot of feelings about See. this i there's a couple of things here <laughs> i first off i love that miranda's drinking was finally addressed and carrie brought it up like why are you taking shots in the middle of the afternoon in my apartment <laughs> <laughs> you know okay Just okay like- i am sarah that's where my carry tracker comes in 
I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Carrie only was willing to see Miranda's drinking problem <laughs> in light of her having tequila sex in front of her in her apartment. That was her rock bottom. <laughs> that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It wasn't just the mini Tito bottles <laughs> banging around in her like graduate backpack. Outpouring out of her freaking Herschel backpack. <laughs> She's like, I draw the line at shots in my kitchen. You're really taking care of me. You're absolutely right, Gil. I was team carry on this one when she was saying <laughs> point blank, why are you doing shots in the afternoon? And why does the apartment reek of pot? Like, this was like, what, like a Tuesday? And Randa's like a babysitter (laughs) gone bad. Like, it's just like, it's very teenage behavior. It was was so inappropriate. I can't even, no, 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 Gilly. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine (laughs) your boss, your boss comes over and is trying to like bring you something because you're sick in bed. And then you wake up from an opioid haze. You're trying to have your <laughs> friend help you. And then you find your boss and your friend fornicating in the kitchen, getting high and drinking. It's really like outrageous. <laughs> and do you know, Miranda should be in the library. Like again, like she is getting a master's degree. <laughs> you are a student. Taking shots of tequila. Yeah, taking shots, getting high, getting shotgun, getting fingered in a kitchen by a, <laughs> somebody, by like a podcast comedian. So my the best line of that encounter was this. Ready? I know what you're going to say. DM me if you want to chill again soon. <laughs> like, okay, Gilly, you just have, you cheat on your husband with a person and you have a, a violent guttural orgasm and they say to you, DM me if you want to chill again soon. That's terrible. And Miranda's like salivating over it. No. My God. note is that Jay is off like a fuckboy in the wind. After she said that. And also DM me where? Like on LinkedIn? Like <laughs> Reddit, Goodreads, where are we DMing you? Task Rabbit? <laughs> where are you DMing me? Just just DM me. Just DM me. Like <laughs> Is it gonna go into your primary DM or in your general DM? Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought that was so weird that they said that. And you know that they just had to throw in DM, that they had been like <laughs> holding on to that. I know. <laughs> They're like, we got to put it in somewhere. <laughs> the word DM is hot right now. <laughs> we'll just throw it in. Okay. <laughs> then we have this scene after where Miranda's trying to like, ch- she's so uncomfortable, <laughs> right? She's trying to change the sheets. And then she breaks down and admits to Carrie that she hates her marriage. She hates her life. She, during the pandemic, you know, people were drinking and it just got too much. And we have this huge reveal for Miranda. And the whole time, this is so terrible. Why am I not (laughs) sympathizing with Miranda? I'm oddly sympathizing with Steve. Like I was going to say, like, like, I don't love that. Like, okay. I wish that we watched Miranda, 
like have her first moment like coming out not quite so tainted i mean maybe that's just idealism but i don't love that she's cheating on steve who is like home alone and deaf with his horny son you know like (laughs) like like this show is so melancholy you know what i mean oh i know yeah and it, and I get it. It's okay for Miranda to be like unhappy and there's no perfect coming out story, right? Like maybe yes. there are some perfect coming out stories. But it it is like really bizarre that it's like a Tuesday and Miranda's like ripping shots of tequila and then smoking a joint like her geriatric friend's apartment. Like I don't, yeah, like the I, whole thing is just bizarre. I, you're right. Like I am excited for Miranda. First off, <laughs> the fact that Miranda said like, like that was like the best orgasm of my life. I've never felt that. Like that's a really beautiful thing. Like this is good for the character. I, I, I just don't think that this Miranda is the Miranda that was in the Sex and the City series. Unless the unless the writers of the show were completely like hiding this other part of her, which then feels unfair. <laughs> it feels kind of like, yeah. wait, what? You know, like I thought you addressed the identity lesbian thing. I thought you addressed the cheating on Steve thing. I thought you addressed the bad marriage thing. And now what you're saying is, no, 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 everything sucks. She hates her life. She's actually queer and fuck Steve, fuck the... It it becomes like, well, we were kind of along for the ride cheering for her. Well, I think that, like, you're pointing out, like, I feel like there is some almost, like, anti-sexual fluidity to this, like, in a way, because it's almost erasing everything. Well, I don't want to use the word erase, but I, I feel like it's almost saying, like, everything that happened with Miranda and Steve or or prior relationships with Miranda were just all a lie or that she was in the closet. And I think that there's something that actually, I think it makes more sense that maybe she is more sexually fluid mm-hmm. and later yeah. in life that she's progressed into that part of herself or wanting to explore that. Yeah. And I hope the show is mm-hmm. going to address that because it would be unfair to the relationship between her and Steve to be like, that was all like, I, I I was hiding this the whole time. I hope they do make it about fluidity and about like all of those things were real. I, I don't know. Cause it just feels like, I don't know. I'm like feeling bad for Steve this series. I really liked him as a yeah. character and they've made him just this kind of like pathetic guy, but yeah, yeah. We'll see. And also, also one of my other favorite quotes from this Che Miranda sex scene is like, when Miranda is like clearly shoisted and she's very clearly hitting on Che. And I mean, I in that moment would have been like, okay, I'm gonna give you a break or do you want some water? (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, Miranda makes some sort of comment that which is like, what do you want to like I want to like shotgun again, which was like smoking into you, like smoking the cannabis into you. And Che goes, and this line cracked me up. Let me spark this up. (laughs) (laughs) And it it sounds like a dinosaur wrote this line. And then it's like, spark this up. I got a, I got a bounce. I got a gig in Jersey. DM me if you want chill soon. Yeah. I, Gilly, Gilly, Gilly. Gilly, Gilly, Gilly. 
what also it's not like the thing is is no one's rooting for Miranda and Che to get together. You're rooting for Miranda to like find herself because Che as a character sucks. She's unprofessional. She smokes pot in like the weirdest places in elevators, in funerals, <laughs> at when people her, like when her employees are like have fractured hips, like very unprofessional. Um first off, who brings tequila to somebody who's like in bed ill? I don't know. Is that a thing? Maybe I'm wrong. I think I think the idea was that Carrie was like loopy on the previous podcast episode when she like oopsie talked about how like Samantha pulled a diagram of uh, diagrams diaphragm out of her. Um, I thought okay, let's going into the whole like Carrie talking about that time when Samantha pulled her diaphragm out of her, which is a famous Sex in the City scene. Yeah, I think we already covered that episode. We did, and and I I that's honestly like an iconic like loyal Samantha moment where oh, like no one yes. no one else is brave to do it and, and Samantha just throws back her martini down love the it. hatch love it and she just goes in and gets it out for Carrie great friend um, love Samantha I, I thought it was kind of cool that they referenced that because that is a great moment in the series um, I thought it was just ridiculous that Carrie was worried about dropping Samantha's name yeah, and then Charlotte kind of planted that in her. Yeah, and, I, like, I mean, Samantha, Jones, like, Carrie, they were, like, you know, according to the show, like, fixtures in New York City. Like, they were, like, known by name. They were, like, kind of famous in town. Like, oh, people knew they were friends. Why Gilly, does it I don't know matter? if you saw something that I posted on the Miranda's Instagram. There was this theory this girl put oh. out, and she said this. She's like, I have a Why? theory. What My is theory it? is this what? Samantha was their best friend. They were not Samantha's best friend. So they may have been a second secondary tier group for Samantha. Okay, say that again. Okay, you know how you have multiple, you have different no, yes, friends. Yes. Right? You've got like your top best friends, then you've got some other yeah. friends. Like there's different tiers, different like levels of intimacy, whatever. Right, right, right. This girl's saying, she's like, you know what? I think that they thought of Samantha as their best friend, but really Samantha had other best friends. <laughs> I don't know good. why I, like I kind that. of liked that so it's kind of like I think they're all in this like huff that like Samantha like abandoned them and she's probably like I'm good like I have my other good <laughs> friends <laughs> totally like, th- this whole time she doesn't give a fuck but I also like and- that they included the texting and then right when Carrie says I miss you just the texting bubbles stop <laughs> yeah so just to fill our listeners in um Carrie shoots a text to Samantha saying like, hey, I hope it's cool that like I brought up that moment um, about you pulling the diaphragm. And and Samantha has like a great actually, I really like the writing on that. I can't remember what she said, but it was like, oh, I'm glad your vagina got some airtime. Yes. And and it was like one of my best moments or something yes. like that. And so there's some like cute, cheeky exchange. And then Carrie feels like you know, she's received some positive reinforcement and she then says, I miss you. And we, all the viewers knew what was going to happen. At least all the millennial viewers knew what was going to happen, which is the famous dot, dot, dot. Disappearing dots. 
when you see someone typing and then it's withdrawn and there's no response. So yep. that that was kind of funny to watch. We all felt it was happening. Um, yeah. God, you know what's crazy? Carrie and Samantha had so much one-on-one airtime in the series. Samantha was an incredibly loyal friend to... Samantha was an incredibly loyal friend to Carrie. And I I don't know. I'm really missing Samantha in this show. Seema's not cutting it for me. Che's not cutting it for me. I need Sam. I need Samantha Jones back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I Seema's character is there's something sketchy there for me. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't like her for some reason. I feel like she's a stage five clinger. Um <laughs> And she's she's she um is in the next episode too. I don't know if you watched the trailer, but it, no, it, I didn't. Yeah, Seema is inviting Carrie to some fancy like Indian celebration thing, and so Seema is going to continue on in this in this uh, yeah, it's series. Interesting that they wrote her in. Um, yeah, I think you know um, what, Gilly. Mm-hmm. Now I'm realizing this. The show is focusing on these women and their relationships with others and not the relationship with each other. Well, I was going to I thought you were going to say not their relationship with men or just at all. Yeah, because that is true. A lot of the show is now focused on the relationship with other women outside of the circle. And maybe that's a good portrayal. I didn't sign up for that. That's not what Sex and City is about. <laughs> it's about Sex and the City. It's, <laughs> it's not about real estate brokers. And real- um, I'm sorry. This is and just like that. Okay, wait, I have one more thought about this and I wrote it down. Um uh fuck i think i forgot it but i will say this i love carrie's a fashion thing i love carrie's sparkly outfit at the end (gasps) i was gonna say love her her shimmery disco look with the gold shoes and like this cobalt knit lyrics but you saw they did a three-month flash forward like yes they, they they jumped so at the end of the episode, we see Carrie putting on her high heels because she now is recovered from her hip injury. Um, Paying out of pocket for a hot PT. Unrealistic. I don't care. I'll um, take the ugliest person if I would pay out of pocket. I, I, well, I have a lot of thoughts on health insurance in this episode, which is way before the out of pocket thing. When she's like in the freaking hospital, she must have some fancy health insurance because I couldn't believe how like nonchalant she was about just like hanging out at the hospital. Yeah, first off, she's basically like a freelancer, but she's not getting like freelancer <laughs> like health insurance. She should she's, be on like Medicaid, right? Maybe not yet. Pretty much. But like she's definitely Medicare. on bigs or whatever he was work. <laughs> I don't know how it goes. But Carrie clearly has the best fucking insurance. Um, that hospital room, amazing. Uh, amazing. Yeah, but clearly not good enough for the hot PT, but she ended up paying out of pocket, which is kind of absurd. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're, I'm curious to see what the next episode is going to be like because yeah. it's three months later. So where will Miranda and Che and Steve be? Mm. Yes, that's a good question. I'm gonna. I actually want to call out another. Do another fashion call out, which is um, 
uh, shout out to Robin Rocks or Rose's teacher. I really liked her like blush knit sweater tucked into the long skirt with like the Oxford shoes. Cute teacher look. I, I love how they always show teachers dressing like that. Teachers don't dress yeah. like that. I am a teacher. Yeah. It's yeah. not that way, but that's cute. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Sweet. I like Charlotte's like yellow blouse, like secretary blouse, like with the yeah. on it. I, I think my cute. only okay. My other fashion call out is: Is Miranda wearing a wig in some scenes? <laughs> I, 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 Wait, I have the same note. I think she must be because. And my, why do they give her like a silver lilac Karen wig? I was gonna say she looks. <laughs> she has. I, I cannot why, speak to the manager why, hair. As. <laughs> I was going to say, why does Miranda's hair look like Julianne Moore's character as the president in The Hunger Games mocking Jay? <laughs> okay, that's a much better comparison, and we will put something up on Instagram with that because it's so good. They're both natural redheads. I am just saying. <laughs> okay, that's so true. In the sex scene, it looked like her wig was about to fly the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Just and wait, sorry. Back to the sex scene. Like there was like a moment where, like they showed like Miranda's like super pasty flesh. <laughs> Hey, like, all right, we, we, we both pasty, fleshy people unite. Okay, that's why I was appalled. There was some like a moment where I was like, I would never want my white pasty flesh. To no, be shown like that. no, absolutely not. And I okay. Another thing about the sex scene, Gilly, mm. is that I don't think Che washed her hands at when she left. <laughs> I don't know the like fingering etiquette. Um, but <laughs> it's COVID. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the show is forgetting that we're in a pandemic and this person just fingered somebody who's about to just like, you know, I don't know. Like <laughs> they're on their way. They're about to bounce and head to New Jersey. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just like deuce, deuces. I don't also, know. my note is like similar to that, which is how on earth does Miranda have time to go and get fingered on the Upper East Side, then go to class at Columbia on the Upper West Side, and then go all the way down to Brooklyn Heights while she's like drinking. And doesn't have a car, takes the subway. It's crazy. (laughs) Oh, interesting that they ended up, it wasn't Charlotte who bought the book. It was Miranda who drunk ordered it. Oh, right. So, yeah, just to mention that what is the book like how to quit so, like a woman? I actually have you to, read it. I, I want to talk about it. this. So this book is incredible. I've been following the author, Holly Whitaker. She's the creator of The Tempest, which is this great organization for people who are possibly wanting to like reexamine their drinking habits. So I actually have not had a drink since the beginning of October. Oh my God. I love it. Congrats. Yeah. I have not drank since the beginning of October. And the, what, this book was one of the books that really kind of like tipped me in that direction. You know that I've bounced with sobriety for oh, a long yes. time. Yes. I've done, yes. I was, I didn't drink for a whole year. Then I get back into yes. it. I don't necessarily think I have a problem with it, but I think everyone at some point should always I examine agree. habits. It's just a habit. And like, I agree. I've, I've definitely been in the same boat of. Absolutely. So I, I was feeling like super, super down in 
um, September. And then I really was like, okay, what's something I can kind of cut out or eliminate that's going to make me feel better. And it's not that I was drinking heavily, but I ended up cutting it out. It really helped with just kind of like neurochemical rebalancing. But the book itself is fantastic. I'm, it didn't get great press in this episode. And I actually saw the Tempest Instagram kind of mention it, but it's not, I, I don't know, I, I, it, the, the book itself, I think I wish they had um, given it a little bit more. Yeah, I thought they, they were, were there was some, fun of it. they were making fun of it. Yeah, I I thought that was interesting. I, I didn't quite get, I felt like they were digging at it a little bit. Um Dakota was funny. He's like, oh, now that, you know, she, she, you know, the whole thing is like, now that I'm out or this, I'm going to stop drinking. And so I don't know. It just it felt like kind of obvious writing that now she's going to. Yeah. And and it's annoying because it's like, I'm sorry, but do the stars just align now that like, oh, now that you're like getting with Che, like and you're coming out like it's going to be a seamless transition into stopping drinking and all of that. Like, yeah, it felt I a little too easy. Like, I don't know, like after school special. Yeah. But we will see. I mean, next week we're going to see them um, three months later and we're going to see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man. That'll be how many, how many Tito um, bottles are we giving this? I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. Okay. So we have to, um, we actually have to rework this system. One of our listeners was telling us that it should be more like golf, which is like the higher the higher your is it your par? Yeah. Is or the handicap is like I don't know. Basically okay. it should be the more Tito's bottle bottles you need to get through this episode. God okay, that makes sense to me. Okay. So, so interesting. So we, we've kind of an, an inverted system now. <laughs> so I'm going to give episode four, like a solid four and a half Tito, Tito's bottles to get through in order to finish the episode. I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it like actually two Tito's bottles because I think that this was the first sex scene that we've <laughs> had in just like that and yeah um i think it was better yes absolutely so i'm gonna give this one i think a th- i think i would give honestly the other one was probably a 3.54 i think i would give this one like a 2.53 tito's okay cool um love it well yeah well, we'll see how this goes um I thank you to it's a new year and just shout out to all of the fans who DM us and message us. Truly, there's been people who are DMing me and it just made my like break when people message me. And I was like, oh, my God, someone commented on this. Someone said this and I don't actually know them. It was so sweet. So it really, really makes us super happy. And it makes our day when we get great feedback. Um about the pod and how much it really does makes you laugh because we love doing it and this show is fucking absurd and it's great that people can just I don't know hear us talk about our the absurdity and and thank you to everyone who's shared the um podcast because um since we started doing it just like that we've had way more listeners which is really cool and really exciting and um, you know, like they say on every single effing podcast, which is don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, 
<laughs> but or find us on like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all this other whatever. But actually, yeah, we would love a review and a rating and uh feel free to email us um <laughs> at the Mirandas at Gmail. What is it? What is our email? The Mirandas at Miranda- Gmail to come. No, Gilly, DM yeah. us. Yeah, I was going to say, DM, DM us if you want to chill again, okay? <laughs> um, and we will see you next week when we do episode six of In Just Like That. <laughs> Bye, our little hip replacements. <laughs> oh, my God. On Instagram, I actually, for New Year's, I did the same thing as Christmas. But for the boob, for the I eye, saw. I made it a Tito's thing. I had fun. I like the stickers. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.